We are two badass spiritual gangster real estate entrepreneurs manifesting our best authentic lives and spreading the good word. You're listening to Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline. Hello. Hello. Good day. Good day. Are you ready to talk about non-attachment and connectedness? I am. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Uh, so this this episode's subject, I picked the title because I think it's fun because it's contradictory. It's a yin and a yang. To be connected, you must be non-attached. Con- yeah, because connection and attachment are not the same thing. Whoa. Okay, we're done. Wrap it up. Press uh, homie, <laughs> that was like... So spot on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the truth, right? Yes. It's truth with a capital T. Yeah. Well, I guess I will just start the conversation and we'll see. We'll see what you have to throw in. Let's that was, go. That was spot on. It just came. It just came <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just kind of I just like to describe what I meant by this subject. So basically manifesting is an act of creation and attraction. And we create a vision of what we want in life and through spiritual and emotional healing and aligning with our own unique truth and purpose, we're able to adjust our internal frequencies so that we can attract. So that's a lot of information in one statement, but this basically encompasses everything we've talked about so far, like law of attraction and, um, you know, just kind of keeping a vision of what you want in life. That's what manifesting is. It's it's attracting into your life, manifesting, making into existence, whatever it is that you desire. And the whole process is just based on uh, being able to match your internal uh, frequency and vibe or whatever you want to, however you want to describe it with whatever you're calling in. And the reason that you don't have what you want is because you're not there internally yet. And right. it's just a process of healing and building self-worth and self-love and uh, sharing it with others. And then all of a sudden your vibe changes and you're able to attract what you want. Right. So, yeah. Um, the, well, the, the, um, the calling in and the magnetism, it's a magnet. You know, you're, you are a magnet. Yes. Period. Yes. Whether you, what you are sucking in depends on what's going on inside of you. But you're always a magnet. Yes. We are all always magnets. So sometimes that's why people are, you know, they come together and that can work in ways that, that feels really natural and organic and doesn't need a lot of like work or that can feel really hard because we have lessons to learn or it can be like a combination of both. But I think what we're talking about today is when, when we get the thing that we're what, that we think that we're trying to attract, how do we learn to enjoy that thing, but not be attached to it? Yes. So that's a great segue into talking about non-attachment and how this applies to manifesting. So non-attachment is a key factor because it allows us to release resistance, desperation, and scarcity so we can instead embody a mindset of abundance. 
And the law of attraction says we attract what we are. So it's critical to be free of scarcity if you're trying to call in more. And that's where the non-attachment really comes into me. It's, it's being in a place of acceptance. It's a being in a place where you're not desperate. You're open, you're, you're present, you're with, you're along for the ride instead of trying to control or be so rigid. Yeah. And dependent on an outcome. Right. To be happy. Right. You're sort of shelf shelving all of the process to just hopefully arrive to this destination. And when you do that, you become incredibly disconnected, which is the opposite because we want to be connected. We want to be present and you become incredibly and only solely focused on the outcome, which is attachment yes. to the thing or the job or the person. And then when you, if, if that's what you're man, if that's the energy that you're manifesting with, when you get the thing, you're going to lose it. Uh, yeah. Just, just like spoiler alert. I'm telling you right now, you will lose it. Yeah. If that's how, if that's the energy in which you a- attracted it. And and it's not really attraction at that point. It's kind of like strong arming. Yeah. Well you're, you're, exactly. you're forcing and, and when you're in that mind that headspace of of desperation or I have to have this in order to be happy, then it's all of a sudden like you're you're looking at the absence of that thing. Right. Like As for example, money. That's like a very common thing. Everybody money. everybody most of us get in a place of desperation with money somewhere along the course of our lives. Right. And so when we're focused on, oh my gosh, I need more money. I need more money. I need more money. I'm miserable. If I don't get this much money, I'm going to be miserable. Then guess what? You attract more of the absence of money. Right. Danger. Danger, danger. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. And it's really hard not to think that way and feel that way because it's kind of the way that we've all been. I, I think very few of us have been brought up with ease around money um, unless you're extremely independently wealthy, maybe. Um, Or if you're totally so broke that you've just never had it. So you just don't really care, (laughs) which those are two extremes and those are outliers. But the majority of us fall within that place of money's necessary to live. We have to work really hard to get it and we don't have enough of it usually, or we just barely have enough of it to kind of, feed the vicious cycle of like having to continue to do something to keep the money, to keep the lights on, to keep doing the things. Yeah. And that's the really, really hard cycle to get out of and to break. Yes. Um, but when you, gosh, this is one of those topics that for me is, I'm probably going to lose a lot of respect when I say this, because people are going to be like, she's fucking nuts. She's, <laughs> she's cuckoo beans. But the reality is, um, you you almost have to just be totally willing. Oh, hello. Ah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> we got our waters in here. We stay hydrated. Um, but you you almost have to be completely willing. You don't almost. You have to be completely willing to detach from money to have ease around money. You have to be willing to say, okay. I have no idea where my next dollar is coming from. And that's okay. But you have to believe it. When that scarcity still exists in you, then that's kind of where people get in trouble. And that's where your work is. That's where right. your work is to be done. When right. you have a feeling inside that isn't isn't 
feeling aligned. I feel yeah. like that's that's a really ultimate goal is the feeling of alignment. Like life is going to be good and bad, but like when you feel aligned, especially with your truth and your purpose and your gut and all the all of that internal stuff is in alignment within yourself mm-hmm. and you then then you don't get in a scarcity mindset. You don't you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the the goal is in order to get out of that attached attached to money attached to outcome yeah Yeah. you have to figure out where you're out of alignment Mm -hmm. on that subject yeah and we talk about how to do that through shadow work in our prior episodes and how relationships can help us uh you know, with that. And then, I mean, we, we discuss different action steps every episode leading up to this one that can all apply to, um, healing your attach, your attachment mentality. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Like absolutely. codependency and boundaries. That's another they one. All, every, every topic, everything we talk about every single week and the steps really all come back to one very similar or the same, value ideal which is love your neighbor there's enough to go around for everyone focus on what you can and can't control focus on what you can which is only yourself yes and don't worry about anything else and everything your exterior results your entire reality is is a reflection of your inside and yeah your you are responsible for you nobody else is you are you you are the sole power in your life and then once you can take accountability and responsibility for your circumstances Mm -hmm. that's when you become a manifester of of whatever it is that you dream of right right so let's talk a little bit about how to be connected but not be attached well I um money's a good example because it's so hard um yeah, I wanted to discuss that a little later on because okay. um, I, I also wanted to kind of dig into just a little bit more in attachment and okay. what that looks like. And then we can highlight how to work on not being attached. All right, let's do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but another thing, I know this is something important to you, both you and I are a big game changer is Eckhart Tolle's New Earth book. Mm-hmm. That's That really painted a picture of what connectedness and non-attachment look like uh and i mean you know how significant that book was oprah gives it away to everybody and has it on her nightstand and i mean right i don't know many people more successful than oprah so right (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean how like how would you apply what he teaches in that book to this this subject okay so the first time i read that book i was like the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, this is some voodoo shit. <laughs> this guy's we like wh- I, it was so over my head. It was so over my head, and that was about ten years ago. Yeah, and um, then I read it again and again and again, and then all of a sudden it started to make sense. So basically, what what that information is teaching us the the information that he that he presents thank you yes the information that he presents is um we are all one the earth the people the nature everything that exists on this earth is 
we are all connected. Yes. Not in a way that has a cosmic sort of effect of like, if I do this, this happens, bam, bam, bam. Not necessarily in that type of way, but in the way that we're all made of, you know, dirt or minerals or water or all, all things are made of something that's connected to one another. Yes. So just scientifically, that's, that's a fact. Yes. And then what he goes on to explain is that in order to exist in the new earth, which is in harmony in harmony and in the way that we believe the creator, whatever that looks like to you intended is that we cannot be attached to anything more so than we would be another thing. So you can't be more attached to this glass of water than you are your dog. Yeah. Or vice versa, which is like, what? Huh? You know? So obviously like, like we, we're going to have different emotions. Like we're going to love, you know, we're going to do different things, but, but the attachment is what causes suffering and pain. Yes. And it's not necessary. And and, it's not necessary. (sighs) I remember when I first, you're like making me think about the first time I heard this material and the thing that stood out with me or to me, I just remember, I don't know if it was New Earth or another one of his books, but he talks about feelings or emotions and you have to treat them like clouds huh. and let them just float on by float on and take them for what they are. And that right. was a game changer. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't consume all the information he was presenting. I wasn't there yet. Like you said, you were 10 years ago. It was right. probably like seven for me. Yeah. Um, but that, that was so powerful. I remember like going through like heavy ass shit and just hearing his voice say that. And it gave me permission or awareness that that was even possible. Right. It takes away the, the heaviness that we feel towards owning things. Ownership. Yes. Ownership is such a fleeting idea. Yeah. I mean, it's ego identifying with a material thing. Right. But we do that with our emotions too. We own these emotions. And we form our identity around them too. We absolutely form our identity around them. And then we get really stuck because we, we, we use blanket statements of who we are and what we are. I'm an emotional person. I'm oh yeah, uh, or whatever uh, clinical diagnosis you have. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Any of those labels, any of those things, we get really, really stuck in that. But but when you really understand that you are not your emotions, it's just so freeing and empowering. It's like, oh. But yeah, I mean, so so the New Earth Eckhart Tolle Eckhart Tolle's teachings not only in that but any podcast you listen to any of his other books it's all it all comes back to these same principles which is um being present and connected with the moment because the moment is all that we have and that's where the truth lies right and and it's the only truth yes and then practicing non-attachment to outcomes and identities and and labels and all that and just accepting what is in this moment I think to him and or according to him, like that is where enlightenment and peace comes from and purpose. All of it. And I I agree with that. I'm just not there yet. I'm yeah. still working. I'm still trying to learn how to 
heal and grow and evolve and master, you know, these subjects of manifesting that we've been talking about. But at the end of the day, I get like, that's the ultimate goal. And I can't wait to get there. Yeah. I have you ever had moments of being there? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, even spells like months, you know, Mm -hmm. but it all it ends up leaving because my my ego or my my child trauma self steps in or life happens and I'm shown another area that I need healing or whatever I don't Mm -hmm. beat myself up when I lose it but right you fucking best believe that that is a place I want to be as much as possible right right (laughs) and that is that's it yeah I mean I've been there too and it's like I, I can't even explain it because you just have to feel it to understand it. And it's it's almost like an out-of-body experience. Well, it's like, you know, <laughs> what we feel when we're doing this podcast. Like, yeah. a lot of times after we're done recording, Madeline and I will be like, oh, my gosh, like, our brain left our body. Yeah, and we'll be like, there. what did we say? Yeah. Like, we won't even remember what happened in the podcast. And, that's true. And that's, that's something – it's – it's it seems contradictory to being present, but we're so present, hyper present right now that we're like tapped into another another consciousness, yeah. another information source or something like that. And yeah. that is being in that state is a way to heighten your magnetism. Right. Because that means that you are like so in the moment, you're so consumed by the moment that you're not even in the room anymore. Right. And it's not because we're on psychedelics or something like that, <laughs> you know, like that. That's what Eckhart Tolle t- talks about. And and I wish to God that every human on this planet could have these experiences as often as possible, because really and truly, I believe we would be in a new earth. Yeah, there's a quote that came up. Um, and this, again, might sound a little contradictory to the whole idea of manifesting, but it's not. All of these all of these episodes and these tidbits and this information that we present are all like pieces of this giant, bigger puzzle. And once you really start to like gather all the pieces of the puzzle, one day the, all of the pieces will just click together and you'll see and you'll be like, oh, my God, look at this beautiful thing. Because you don't like right now it just looks like pretty colors and shapes. And then when you finally are able, when you're, when you have that moment where it all makes sense and it all comes together, you see it's this beautiful portrait. Yes. And so I know that a lot of these pieces of information might just seem a little difficult to swallow independently, but when you put them all together, they all make sense. So one of the quotes, um, and I, I, I don't know it word for word, but it basically said that, uh, this came up actually yesterday, I posted it, that in Western culture, a lot of us feel the need to work or have purpose in order to feel valuable or worthy. Yes. Whereas many indigenous cultures believe that our only purpose is to exist just as nature exists, which is just to be here. And that in itself is what makes us human and valuable. Now, obviously, if you're manifesting and trying to gather something, you say, well, that doesn't make sense because I have to work. But but when you understand what that means and how that feels, then you understand that the manifesting and the fun stuff is just that. It's fun. It's icing on the cake. It's cherries on top. It's the way that you help other people. That's yeah. all that it is. Just being here and being present is all that is required of us at all. 
Yes. Being present and connecting to others or other connecting. Con- connecting be- with our truth, our higher power, our right. life source. Right. That's the first layer of right. connection. And until you can master that, right. then you aren't really truly able to connect with things outside of yourself. Right. But there's something so beautiful once you do graduate from like learning how to, to connect with oneself first, mm-hmm. then the con- connections with others, like it's, it's, it's the yoga principle that when you, if you've ever taken a yoga class at the end, 99% will namaste. Yes. And namaste is the light in me honors and sees the light in you. Oh, and so that is when, when we say connect with yourself first, the only thing we're asking you to do by connecting with yourself is learning to tap into the light source that is in all of us. 100%. And then when you do that, then, then the connection out quote outside of yourself, you understand you're not really connecting outside of yourself. You're connecting to what's in you yes, and other people. Exactly. Or, or trees or a river or whatever your animals or water, any anything that is alive, you're connecting to. Yes. So um, it, it's really that simple, but it it's really it's really tough, and it's really that simple at the same time. Yeah. 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 But if you understand the foundational principles to it, it kind of helps you just like stop overcomplicating it, <laughs> like because that's what we do. Yeah. And that's that's normal. But to be connected, you have to know that what's what it is you're trying to connect. To, to is what you said is is in you yes that's all you're doing yes and it doesn't come by saying hey i'm a bears fan <laughs> you're a bears fan i mean that's cool but no it's that thing that if you strip all those things away and we were just naked in the woods and couldn't just speak, souls just essences not exactly. even our physical body exactly yep. all those things just your your spirit of being your breath yes if you breathe if you have a if you have a force a river a tree a plant, a dog, a cat. It's a energies. If it's, you're alive, yeah. you're connected. Yes. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of also talk about attachment a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I There's a lot of material probably in the past maybe 10 to 20 years in personal development and psychology about attachment styles. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like attached to outcomes. I'm talking about uh, interrelational or interpersonal uh-huh. right. uh, attachment styles, but this is some, another place where where attachment is very common and prevalent in us humans. Big time, big <laughs> and, time. So uh, attachment styles are created in childhood, and so generally the rhetoric will say there's anxious attached, um, where you're kind of anxious and clingy and codependent because you're afraid of abandonment so it's like person let me cling on to you Uh and then there's the avoidant attachment where you're like fuck everybody i am having nothing to do with anyone because (laughs) they're gonna hurt me right it's like anxious is like i'm afraid of being alone and avoidant is like everybody sucks they everybody's gonna hurt me so i'm (laughs) going to be alone right and it's so funny how a lot of times in relationships they, the opposites end up together yeah. and it's, a, it's kind of a tool for healing for both sides. It's right. trying to bring them back to that balanced, just, it's not non-attachment, but I guess it is, you yeah. know, yeah, like the goal is. is 
when you're relating with another person, whether it's a friend or a family member, I mean, this shows up in every type of human relationship. It does. The goal is non-attachment. Yeah. And you can be different styles in different relationships. Yes. And you can change throughout your life as well. Yeah, you probably Which one are you? Um, It's a More so. I'd say anxious. Yeah. I'm definitely avoidant. Yeah. So there you go. Perfect <laughs> example. That's why Madeline and I found each other. <laughs> also, I, I don't want to change the subject, but Morgan's wearing a shirt that says Swamp Trash. It's the best thing I've ever seen, but it's also in honor of her New Orleans homies, right? Yeah. So what's going yeah, on? Yeah, a girl, um, my friend Lauren Huff designed this. She has a brand called Swamp Trash. Yes, oh. I'm plugging her right now, but it's Hell amazing, yeah. like Louisiana-themed, Cajun-themed uh, just funny illustration. It's awesome. <laughs> I saw it and it, it, it took me out. It's great. But okay, back to attachment. <gasps> <laughs> it's just, it's make it's lighting me up. It's lighting me up. Um, I, I'm avoidant. You're probably more so anxious, but how do we, how do we find that balance? And how do we, how do we explain what you just said? Attachment and then, or better yet, non-attachment. What does that mean? Well, so to me, um, I, I listed out what healthy attachment looks like. Okay. Um, so first and foremost, nothing is personal. Hell yeah. Say it again. Nothing is personal. Oh my God. Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> what I'm like, do you, I feel like that's it. That's, that's just where it could stop. And it, and we would, we would have a good podcast. Today. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then, um, everything is fleeting. Yes. If you understand everything is fleeting, yes, then you can't be attached because you know everything's liable to change. Right. And being at peace and accepting that is going to help you flow through the river of life without resistance. Right. <laughs> I think that take, saying nothing is personal is going to be really difficult for a lot of people to swallow. But that's ego. It's, that is it's exactly. the thing that comes up when you're like, what? No, everything is personal. It has to be personal. Yeah. That check that self. Check that self. Yeah. That's ego. Go run through the, the shadows and the that uh, is ego. triggers, tested triggers episode. If, yeah, yeah. Because if it's personal, that means that it's self, it's about you. And guess what? 99% of the time, a hundred percent of the time, 101% of the time, it's not about you. I mean, even if I came up to you right now, yeah. I mean, this is inconceivable, yeah. but I'm like, I want you to give me money for whatever work I did for you three years ago that you didn't pay me for. Right. And you're a fucking bitch for not paying me. Right. (gasps) (laughs) Uh, Whether or not she really owes me money or not, the fact that I'm coming at her like that, that's a reflection of me. Right. When I'm coming at Madeline, like all aggressive and stuff, that's right. because I have some kind of insecurity. I, I have some desperation for money. It has nothing to do with her. Right. It's so simple, y'all. <laughs> it's so freaking simple. If you, that's why the four agreements is a really, really, really good book. I'm going to plug that book. Yeah. Like it, nothing is personal. You can't take things personally and, and just, I mean, you can, but let me know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just I mean, going to be in a cycle of despair and anxiety and letdown and disappointment, like all the time. The more that you take personal, yeah, um, it's not. Yeah, it's so not. nothing's personal. Everything is fleeting, and then 
everything is connected. Everything is interrelated. We, we are all from the same life source, the same energy. I mean, quantum physics shows like there are molecules, there is energy, everything like our skin, like our body and soul and energy and aura does not end from my skin. Right. There's so much more behind it than meets the eye exactly. and accepting that yeah. and leaning into that is yes. also a way to practice non-attachment or I guess there really isn't a healthy attachment. I need to take that, rewrite that narrative. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're explaining it pretty well. The, the, the difficult thing, the difficult part of this whole idea in my experience with other people, myself included, has been there's pain. And when there's pain, we don't want to let go of it. And so it just continues to create more ego and more pain by being attached to it and and holding on to it. And y'all, healing cannot happen when you're unwilling to let go of the pain and the past, you must be willing to let go. You must be willing to let go if you want to heal, period. Episode one, unbecoming. Yes. Well, I guess it's episode two, but the first lesson. Right. And and you, non-attachment is, is just that, regurgitated. Or all of these lessons are the same thing, regurgitated. And it's very, very difficult for people, you know, um, doing work with like women and victims and crisis victims and people who've been through war, people who've been through rape, people who've been through abuse, people who've been through, um, uh, enslavement. I mean, just you, the list goes on and on and on. And our culture very much wants to separate those things and, and create, create sort of, um, categories for, for all of us to go into when it comes to those things. But the reality is, at the end of the day, if you want to heal, you have to be willing to let go and forgive. And that is like, I'm not saying it's okay what happened. I'm not saying that person who did that to you deserves to get off scot-free. That's or you deserved that. Correct. And by no means did, did you, whomever that is, deserve anything. Or your mom or your grandma or your great-great-grandma. None of that. But in order to move forward and to create the new earth... We must be willing to die to all that was old in the past and let go. And that is non-attachment. Love it. And we must be willing to connect now. We must be willing to meet each other now, today. Not the person that we were yesterday or our grandparents were years ago. Or what we perceive you could be or how you could react or correct. And not the exactly not the person that we were or who our generations previous to us were and not the people that we'd like to be tomorrow. We must be willing to drop all of the baggage off at the door and meet me in the field. Like Rumi says, when when you find that place that that we don't have to talk about what's right and what's wrong, there's a field, meet me there. Meet me there. If we can do that, we can heal. We can heal individually. We can heal as a culture. We can heal as a, as a society. We can heal the world. Yes. But that is a really tough, deep, difficult, hard place to get to. But it's possible. 
I love how you're explaining this from a very spiritual perspective, yeah. but it's also, it's also, I can, I understand your perspective. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to come at it from materials. Just like kind of like the ego and this kind of semi scientific explanation. I like to just jump all the way to the well. No, I love it. Finish line because you you have a different perspective and approach, and and the world needs to hear the message. And it's different. Different approaches are going to land on different ears. Right, that's true. So to me, by removing identification through labels and material items, right. your ego is no longer able to be sustained. Your ego exists to give you a sense of security through creating a false identity of separateness from others to keep you guarded and safe. So that goes along with what you were saying yeah, about. Uh, say more about that though. Okay. Yeah. So when you no longer give the ego fuel, it can no longer run the show then you're able to connect with who you really are instead of the person you became as a result of your ego defense response. So your ego builds this kind of facade to keep you safe because you had this pain and this trauma. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden you're no longer that person that you, your authentic true self that you were born as your ego is, is attaching to identities and labels and, and say rejecting certain parts of yourself because, because you were shamed or had guilt or whatever, because of whatever somebody told you or some, traumatic experience told you to not be that way even though it is actually who you are so anyway you know your ego your ego flares up and tries to protect you and keep you safe but it it is your enemy in a lot of ways and so I'm just gonna say this again when you no longer give your ego fuel it can no longer run the show then you're able to connect with who you really are instead of the person you became as a result of your ego defense response. You become aligned with your own unique gifts and interests, and you're able to truly connect with yourself and others through practicing non-attachment to outcomes, relationships, jobs, finances, whatever. Through practicing non-attachment, you become present and accepting of the only thing that you have right now, which this is this present moment, and you are able to truly connect. Yeah. Can you give some examples of like um, things that we attach to that our ego attaches to? I know you said um, like materials or relationships, but is there anything that kind of pops up that's a good example of what we attach to? I'm Morgan Hamer. I'm a five foot tall petite female real estate agent Mm. labels labels is one thing maybe possessions my husband oh that one gets me i'm like you i i understand the sentiment so i don't need to hate on it too much but it just feels weird to me when people don't refer to their partner or spouse or whatever as Mm -hmm. their name my boyfriend my fiance my husband i'm like Homie, like that just sounds so much like ego identity it attachment. Sounds, it sounds a little bit like ownership yes. too, because it's creating the sense that that person is your thing rather than who they just are. Yes, which is understandable. Yeah, and that that shows some attachment too, which comes from scarcity and lack of insecurity that I'm not worthy if I don't have this thing. Yeah, like this this 
boyfriend, fiance, husband is what makes me valuable yeah. as a woman because now I have this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those are good examples of attachment. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean. I, we all do it. it. We all do it, y'all, in one way or another. We, we all do it. Don't don't you think really just anything that comes after the, the saying I am? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Language is a motherfucker <laughs> because we've like needed to figure out this way. And I love words, obviously, <laughs> but, but, you know, even being attached to those, even being attached to words and the feeling the need to explain or, or show or prove or label or, you know, dissect all that is, is attachment versus just the being. Oh, you know who taught me before I started learning this stuff and now that oh, my dog oh, Marley. Marley. I got he's eight and a half. He's a half Shih Tzu, half Yorkie who loves nothing more than snugging or eating. <laughs> and any person on this planet he loves. But Marley taught me when I was going through some shit. Like, just for a fleeting moment, I got it. I understood what being present and unattached to outcomes was. Yeah. Because when Marley gets in a car, he's just happy to be where he is with his mama in a car. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit where he's going. He doesn't ask me where he's going. He doesn't resist going in the car. It's just like, okay, I'm going in a car now. Yeah. And then we get to the destination. And he's like, okay, I'm wherever the destination is, the beach, the mountains, yeah. the the groomer, the vet, the place he doesn't want to go. It's just right. like he doesn't, he just is. And having that little reminder and, and from the lens that I'm looking at now, like it just makes my love for my dog that much richer. It makes sense. It, I mean, could we all be so lucky to be like Marley? Oh, <laughs> that's oh, the goal. Yeah. So that's the goal. I remember I'll share a little quick story with you. Um, I remember having like almost, I don't want to say it was a psychotic break because I don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but and It felt knows? like it. If, 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 it, if yeah, such a thing exists, right. we're having I it. I don't want to yeah. mislabel it or offend anybody if I'm saying the wrong thing. But, but basically I was, um, and this is why nature is also one of my, it's like kind of my Marley in a way is because uh, I started to have these understandings of I was just so stressed out. I felt like <clears throat> everything that I had, I was going to lose, including the people in my life. So I was super attached. Yes. And I, I was at the beach and it was during COVID because I bought a beach house during COVID people, <laughs> uh, which was such a lucky mistake. Like buying the beach house was intentional, but the fact that happened to happen during COVID was a mistake. And then it ended up being wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I was on the beach and I'm telling you, I've never in my whole life and probably never will again, see the beach empty. I mean, this is not like a private beach, you know, or anything like that. It's a public beach, and I wasn't supposed to be out there. But I dug myself this little hole. There was a big dune, um, and it was cold outside uh, because it was maybe like March or April time. Yeah. And I dug myself like a little hole, and I kind of burrowed into the hole. It's because I was like, if somebody comes and tries, you know, to if they see me, they're going to make me leave. And I was just lying there, and I was listening to the waves, and I was sort of encompassed in the earth like I was surrounded like I was like the the sand was like hugging me you know like on either side yeah and I closed my eyes and I'll never forget this y'all the waves were like crashing and I'm just like closing my eyes 
and I heard the voice or the feeling or whatever. And it was like, it comes and it goes. And it was with the rhythm of the waves. It comes and it goes. And all like that is the, that is the one moment in my life that I think I have felt the closest thing to peace, true peace that I've ever felt before. And I just knew, I just knew that it was okay, that the people come and go, that the things come and go. And all of a sudden everything made sense. And this probably only lasted for maybe 15 seconds. Yeah. It was very fast. Yeah. But that is what we're speaking about is the Marley is like, we're okay. Everything's good. What's up? Where are we going? What are we doing? Like it comes and it goes. We're not living in the past and we're not living in the future. We're just right here right now. Oh, that yeah. was such a great, a great example. Oh, good. <sighs> I don't know if it resonates with anybody else, but that's one of the reasons that nature is such a healer for me is because it reminds me of the things that our bodies do. Our bodies breathe. We don't tell ourselves to breathe. Yes. Our bodies pump blood. We don't tell ourselves to do that. They just do. Yeah. The thoughts are the only things that we actually tell ourselves to do. So that's why it's so important that you learn how to let them go. Yeah. Yes, queen. Well, let's take a moment to listen to this week's interview. Each week on Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline, we will share a story from a listener who used the global pandemic in 2020 as an opportunity to up-level personally or professionally. What is your name, age, city, and profession? My name is Megan Grant. Um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I previously lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, throughout of growing up in Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'm 27, and I previously was a event manager or a conference manager helping plan large conferences, but I uh, this year shifted that to owning my own business. And the title that I give myself is a memory creator, and um, I'm the founder of my business, Cherish Tours. Awesome. So would you mind uh, just sharing a little bit about the circumstances leading up to the pandemic in March of 2020? Yeah. So personally, I feel like everybody has that. I know exactly where I was when things started shutting down story and memory. Um, But for me, we actually had um, friends in town from Denmark And they were here at the end of February, beginning of March. So it was a wild ride watching everything shut down and them being here and having to worry about how they were getting home and flights and if they could even make it. Um, So it was just really interesting. Uh, But working in conferences, we had been paying attention to COVID from the beginning of the year and sending out memos to our clients about what we knew about it and things that might have to change for the conferences and just some strategies, but we didn't have a ton of information about COVID and the pandemic and what was really going to happen. We thought that conferences were going to keep going, that everything was going to be totally fine. I actually hosted a conference that was the first week of March that they decided not to cancel Um, But tons of people pulled out. Our largest exhibitor for the conference ended up not showing up. 
Our attendance was way down. People who were checking into hotels just no-showed. It was pretty crazy. And that was, I think, the first moment that I realized that this was a really big deal and that it could potentially like affect my career. Wow, that sounds really scary and crazy. Yeah, it was definitely an experience where you're really headfirst into it and yet you have no idea what's truly happening. There's no research, there's no anything um, about it. And, you know, I'm sitting on a conference floor watching people not attend going, huh, I wonder why this is actually happening like this. This must be a much bigger deal than I had ever really thought about. Totally. So do you mind sharing exactly kind of where that led you and how you up-leveled as a result of this? Yeah, totally. So I actually invested in a career coach and a life strategist. It's actually the same person. Uh, They just cover both bases um, in April of 2020. And this was prior to me having lost my job or having a real epiphany that I was going to lose it. Um, So I really knew that I wanted to take next steps in my career and in my life and just finding things that meant more to me to focus on. And so I started doing a lot of interpersonal work during the pandemic, working with this career coach and life strategist and just having conversations about what I'm passionate about, my career, what I love, what my intentions are in the world, what I want to put out into the world, what I want to see for myself, you know, putting me first for the very first time in my life like truly focusing on my needs, my happiness, my overall definition of success and turning inwards and starting to work on all of that. And so by doing that, um, I was able to figure out that my biggest calling is to make impact and to travel. And I used to kind of shame myself that travel was my passion. I looked at it as it was a hobby and that it couldn't be a career. Um, And through a lot of this interpersonal work and conversations and honing in on my passions, I was able to realize that I could turn travel into a career and make impact along the way while, um, having that as a career. So I got furloughed from my job in June of 2020, and then fully let go in September. So I went headfirst and decided to make this my full-time gig. And I launched Cherish Tours and decided that, you know, this was what I wanted to do. And I was going to be gung-ho about it and go straight forward. Um, and just to give a summary of what it is, I, I host tours exclusively for women that also support women while we're traveling. So I hope to just create this ripple effect of connection and compassion and love 
for the world through joyous experiences. Wow, I love it so much. I love how you you took what your existing career was and you identified what is valuable to you and then gave yourself permission to uh, go for it. That's amazing. So thank you. Um, yeah. How did you stay focused and motivated throughout the process of this transition? Yeah, so it really honestly helped to have um, a career coach. I would highly recommend a therapist, a career coach, a life coach, a whatever you want to call it to pretty much anybody. Um, they really, mine personally is very honest with me and keeps me in line and helps me navigate this crazy entrepreneurial path. But outside of that, I actually test off the chart for being an empath. And so I had to teach myself how to hear my own voice and my own energy and my own emotions outside of other people's. And stop listening to the advice and the energy and the you know, whatever it was coming from others that were taking me off my own path and start listening to my own voice so that I could stay on that path. And saying it out loud sounds a whole lot easier than it actually is, but it, it took a lot of commitment to be in the know about myself, you know, and start learning my own voice and listening to it and being motivated by that. Wow. So this seems to be a common thread in everyone we've interviewed is just learning how to hear their intuition and, and trust their inner guidance. So I love hearing this again from someone else. It seems like a really good uh, tool for success. But um, what what challenges came up during this process and how did you overcome them? Yeah, so nothing is without challenges, right? And there's tons of things that can derail you or test you to be unmotivated, unfocused from what your goals are with your new alignment and your, your level up and what you found for yourself. And for me, you know, I was even offered my job back uh, managing conferences at the beginning of 2021. And I turned it down. It took a lot in me to turn it down, to say no to a job I knew would have steady income, would, you know, bring me back to what I already knew and had a very predictable outcome. Um, but when that arose, I, like you said, listened to my intuition, talked it out with the people in my support network that I truly trust, and was able to come to that decision that I've chosen me through being able to launch Cherish and take on sharing joyous experiences with other women. And that's the thing that I connect with and resonate with most. And that distractors and challenges that come up along the way um, really need to not take over my focus. And really it's just leaning into trusting, I call it my gut versus intuition. So leaning into trusting my gut and also just building up and rallying a amazing support system around you that when you're questioning yourself, 
you have people to fall back on who can lift you back up and who can be honest with you throughout the process. Awesome. So um, what, what are some major lessons that you learned? I know you've already kind of shared some of that, that, but what, do you have any other advice that you would share with others? Yeah. Um, I think really the biggest one that I share both in travel and just in life in general is to trust that intuition or that gut and, and to learn to hear it. And once you can do that, it, I truly am someone who believes in like good things come to you when you're on that path towards your purpose. And when you find that path and you start listening to your own voice and your own gut, staying on that path starts to feel a lot more natural and feels like it comes a lot easier. Those good things start to come to you and be attracted to you. So listening to your own voice, your gut, your intuition, and finding that and tuning out the other noise will bring you so much happiness in life. And if I can add one more, I would also say that self-care is so, so important. And I think it gets brushed to the side a lot in people's lives, especially very busy entrepreneurs or corporate level people who feel like they don't have enough time to do that self-care and take care of them themselves. I would say insert whatever version of self-care makes sense to you into your life, even in the smallest ways. And really you can do that through choosing to go get your nails done one day or going out to eat for lunch instead of sitting in your home or reading a book or really anything. So I would definitely just say that, you know, your needs are important and self-care is important. I can't agree with you more. And um, if you wouldn't mind, just, I just would like just for others listening, can you share a little bit about the process of learning to hear your intuition? Do you have any, or your gut, do you have any um, tips for others to recognize that own inner voice in themselves from your experience? Yeah. So someone who is an empath, me, um, has like literally feels and consumes other people's energy. One of the smallest things that has helped me, it, and it sounds so strange, but is you can start when you feel like you're taking on someone else's pain, anxiety, happiness, mood, just whatever it is, you can start identifying things that are unique to you. And it's a small process of like, if you're sitting next to someone, you're in the same room as someone, and you start feeling like their opinions are becoming your own or their moods becoming your own, you can say in your head, I'm wearing jeans, they're wearing shorts, I'm wearing shoes, they're wearing um, flip-flops. And so you start identifying you as an individual person in that process, and it almost creates this little barrier as you're doing that. I think that's specific to people who maybe struggle with uh, being an empath and taking on energy. But as far as trusting your intuition and hearing your own voice, it starts so 
small. Um, I think for me, one of the very first times that I heard my own voice was when someone told me I should do X with my career. I should start my own business and it should be a, uh, I should plan retreats for other coaches that want to host retreats. And I should, you know, work for them to help them plan those things. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's a great idea. You know, that could make me a lot of money. And then later on, I repeated it back to myself and I heard my own voice go, nope, that's not it. And when you first hear it, my trick is to write down the voice that you heard and repeat it back to repeat it back to yourself and start recognizing that voice. Because when you do hear it, that's a big moment and it starts to help you recognize when you hear it another time. Um, I think that would be my tip. I have a giant thing written down on my, um, my, my mirror that I read when I wake up in the morning that says, what if you didn't take anyone's advice today? What if you only listened to you? Wow. I love that so much. And you are the first person I've ever met who also writes down their intuitive messages. I've (laughs) been doing that for about a year and the results have been incredible. So uh, very great to meet you and meet another kindred spirit. Yes. Thanks, Morgan. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to continue to share with anyone who might be struggling with Uh, being an empath and what that means for them. Anyone who wants to talk about travel and travel tips, just literally anything, I'm always open for the conversation. Thank you so much. And your contact will be included in the show show notes for this episode. Okay, great. That's awesome. All right. Well, we will talk soon. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. What did you think? I'm just like, wow. <laughs> we just keep getting such good, amazing stories. It's like, is this just for like, I don't, I mean, obviously I hope that this falls on so many ears, but there's part of me like, is this just for us? If nothing else, like these people are exactly in alignment with like our value system and what it is we're talking about and teaching and Obviously, it's for everyone, but it's so encouraging. And reinforcing, too. That's the word I wanted to use, and I forgot it. <laughs> that's <laughs> why you. we have each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, to hear, and not that that's necessary for it to be truth, but it's just not, it's like a hug. It feels so good. It feels so good. And she did not have any particularly emotional deeply like tear jerking type of like moment in her story. But like, I felt it in coming up in a weird way just because like, wow, like she was telling it like it is (laughs) like she was just like, here it is people. 
Yeah, it's very matter of fact, but I I love it. I I relate with that. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That it's strange for me that it felt emotional listening to that style of. It felt emotional to me because it felt like um, life goals. (laughs) Yeah. It. Yes. It felt. Like a mirror. Yes, like you've been heard, you've been seen, you've you've got a soul soulmate out there in the world, kind of like yes. maybe not a soulmate, but yeah. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. <gasps> and it was that was that was freaking awesome. Yes. I just love it. I just it's- love it. I love it. I love it. I think something that she said that I also came up in a conversation with a friend of mine lately. Uh, or recently, I just want to take one little quick moment if you have, because yeah. this came up a couple different episodes. It's come up a couple times about asking for advice. Can we just take a second to say like advice and teaching a new thing is not the same thing? Oh yeah. And I think that might have a little bit of like a gray area for people. When, when someone says don't ask for advice, it doesn't mean don't learn new things or ask people how to teach you new things. Or how to how to teach you how to do a thing. I think the difference is advice is when you're t- you're saying you're deactivating your power and putting your power in someone else's hands. Exactly. And so that's what advice is. Whereas when you're wanting to learn, mm-hmm. you're going to someone who you perceive as a expert in a subject matter, right? And you're you're getting their wisdom, but you're st- you still. Learning isn't like taking everything for truth. Right. And advice shouldn't be either. Right. But I think like the more your worth dial is down, the more that you're like willing to give your power to the outside. Right. For guidance. You tap out of yourself and you want to tap into someone like exactly. You're giving away your power by saying, what should I do? What would you do? How would this? And it's not just for conversation purposes. It's genuinely you feel un unable to make decisions for yourself yeah. versus like, Hey, teach me how to go fishing so I can catch fish. Different thing. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Or yeah. Like, Hey, I want your advice on what lure to use when I'm fishing. Huh. That's different. Yes. Okay, cool. Love it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how to kind of apply the information from this episode today. Yeah. I'm how to practice non-attachment presence and connectedness. Well, I heard her say that she had an opportunity to take her old job back, but she was no longer attached to that. Loved. Freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, how many times has that happened? Or uh, a relationship, like an old flame will resurface and be like, let's work it out again, you know? And you're like attached to that narrative and that like feeling of that person. And yeah. And it's not... And yeah, it's, truth. A, it's a good, it's a good, and sometimes, you know, I'm not saying that it could never be, but most of the time when you break up, it's for a reason and, uh, or you leave a job, it's for a reason. And too often, I think we find ourselves being so attached to the false security that we've created yes. that those relationships or jobs provide Yeah, that we have not yet come into our full worth and so we find ourselves going back to yes those people places and things yes. and that is a big no-no <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very guilty I did this for years and years and years and I'm so thankful that now I feel so much more in my worth and power in this area but y'all we all do it yeah. so um that that's a big area of practicing non-attachment is stopped so, stop settling for things that you've moved on from yeah 
if you cut the cord once, probably keep it cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, one thing that to me is just such an easy way to be connected and present, both connected with your truth and connected with the present moment, is taking time to do the things that you love, the things that light you up, the things that you're passionate about, things that you're excited about. This helps you connect with the present moment and it also helps you raise your vibration to attract what you're manifesting. Right. But I don't, I like she talks about self care in the interview. And to me, that's what self care is. It's just taking time. We all have these unique interests and these unique things that light us up. And I right. think that's the, the direct path to our purpose. Right. And by giving ourselves more permission and time to do those things, there, right. it, it's, it heals you in so many different ways. It helps you in so many different ways. Yes. Anything that you do for yourself that connects you to the present moment is self-care. Yes, queen. Yes. <laughs> well, so another one that we, <laughs> I feel like we've, we're starting to repeat the same, the same suggestions, but it's, it's healing and growing and evolving and, and aligning with your purpose and manifesting all this mm-hmm. stuff. There, there are, a million tools, but the, it kind of mm-hmm. comes back down to like a handful of like the same things. Yeah. Connectedness. I'll say one other thing that maybe we haven't mentioned or yeah. in a while, um, a, a, an action step. And she sort of touched on this as well is really to start to focus on your senses in a moment. Sometimes it's okay to think, what does this room smell like? What do I see? What do I hear? And when you're having a food, you know, what do I taste? What can I touch? Texture, yeah. Yeah, and just sort of taking a moment, even if it's just 30 seconds to kind of go through those five senses, can really help stop the cycle of thinking and analyzing about Mm -hmm. all the other things and just sort of like ground you and bring you to exactly where you are. Like right now I have this sweet little doggie on my lap. And, you know, Steve's here with me. You're breathing. He's breathing. Right. I can hear, I can hear his, I can feel his little warmth and his little heartbeat. Um, But, but when I'm, when I'm present with those senses, I can't be thinking about anything else. And that's, that's a really good entryway. What you just described, that activity of connecting with your senses, that's kind of a gateway into meditation and, and letting go of your thoughts, detaching from your thoughts and getting right. to the present moment. Like that's, a, that's kind of a hack, I guess. I don't it know. Is. And <laughs> just knowing like something so simple, like you have a thought like, Oh, I want to kill him. That doesn't make you a murderer. You are not your thoughts. Yeah. Or, and also just cause you have a thought doesn't mean you should act on it. Yeah, exactly. Just let it pass. Right. Let it go. Don't judge it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and that ties with what what I was going to say, which is meditate, yoga, exercise, mm-hmm. just taking time daily if possible. I mean, multiple times a day if possible, but to detach, detach from your, your mind, detach your mind from thoughts and connect with the present. And if you're really lucky, listen for your intuition but take that time to do those activities that get you in that mindless flow state. That's different from the stuff that lights you up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be the same. Yep. But um, like that time doing those like mindless activities, like washing the dishes is something I love washing the dishes yep. the first thing in the morning because it gives me time for my body to start moving and yep. my brain to kind of catch up. Right. 
But yeah, I mean. Yeah, getting into your body in any way. Yeah. Doing laundry, washing dishes, taking a walk. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Taking a walk, brushing your hair. Yeah. Putting on your makeup or shaving your legs. Any, any, anything. That doesn't require thought. Yeah. Anything that doesn't require thought, but that puts you in your body in a way. That yes. connects you to another thing. That's yeah. a, that's a really good way to articulate yeah. that. Yeah. So then another, another suggestion that I had is, um, just once again, learn to detach from your thoughts and emotions, like right, learn to recognize them and separate yourself from them. Your emotions and your thoughts are tools for you. They are not your identity. So hear them, hear them, feel them, but then see what are they telling me? Why am, why am I crying right now? Mm -hmm. You know, why am I like, why do I keep having this recurring thought of quitting my job every day? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to attach to that. I'm not just going to go freaking quit my job. Why do I keep coming back to this place? Right. You know? Yes, I do. So that's, that's how you, I, you detach, you separate, but practice that it's an exercise. We're not told that in society. Not at all. And it is a practice. I love that word. It is a practice. Yes. Detachment is a practice and it doesn't mean you don't care about the person, place, or thing that you're detaching from. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It doesn't mean that you don't have respect or that you're not. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means that, hey, whether or not A, B, C happens, I'm going to do D kind of deal. Yeah. It's like you just are not attached to an outcome because it robs you. When you're, if you were riding a bike, and you were you knew that you had to get to the other side of the lake like that was the goal and you only were looking at the other side of the lake the whole time you're riding the bike i guarantee you what's right in front of you is either going to be like a rock you're going to go right into the lake you can't get where you're going unless you're willing to be where you are yes yeah so you got to not be attached to that outcome in order to get there. Keep your eye on it, like check in on it every now and then, but then be like, okay, here I am. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of wavering between you have you when manifesting, especially you have this goal, you have this vision, right? You're supposed to continue to check in and hold it, right? but you're not supposed to have tunnel vision to the point where you're missing the moment because the universe responds to you, uh, like having the happy, joyful dance at every step of the way. Right. That's, that's your frequency. It's your vibration. Exactly. And that's a big thing that we like miss. And uh, something Abraham Hicks talks about a lot. Like she's all RP, whatever. We're not going to go down that path right now, but um, (laughs) Abraham Hicks talks about the importance of just being joyful in everything you do. And it really pairs nicely with Eckhart Tolle's, you know, reinforcing the, the need for presence and non-attachment because really like we should be joyfully co-creating with the universe every moment of our lives. Yeah. And to be joyful, you have to really, you have to let go of, you can't, you can't, they can't live together. They don't, they don't coexist. Attachment to outcomes and joyful and joy existence. Don't exist no. together. They no. can't exist Mm-mm. together. There's not enough room for both of them. So it's like, you got to make a choice of like, Hey, am I going to enjoy this meal right now? Or am I going to be so worried that it's going to make me gain a pound later? <laughs> then you can't enjoy one. the meal. Yeah. yeah. You cannot enjoy the meal. If you're only worried about the pound you're going to gain or the, the receipt at the end of the, yeah. the bill. Or yeah. The bill. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, however, and whatever resonates there. But yeah, it's very simple, you know? 
you can't enjoy a person's company if you're on a date if all you can think about is like are we going to get married? <laughs> That's a good one. Are we going to get married? Yeah. Like, well, may, uh, maybe. I, I don't know. But, like, in the meantime, can I get to know you? Yeah. And that and that's one of those things, too, where it's like, okay, when you're, when you're dating, when you're picking a job, when yeah. you're doing whatever the, the, yep. the thing is, like, you, if you are aware of kind of what you do and don't want, mm-hmm. and then you get into a situation, um, like for me, I date for marriage. So I meet someone and they're like, absolutely hell no to marriage. Like that's not me being attached to outcomes. No, that's, that's just you knowing what you want and not investing your time. And so exactly. it's definitely going nowhere. Yes. But that's I different. used to mm-hmm. be like, it's like, well, you don't want to get married. Well, I'm going to force you to figure it out. You're going to, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be the best girlfriend you ever had. Of course. Yeah. I'll change your mind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that, and that, would, oh, he'll change his mind later. That would like yeah. just completely ruin any good moments that I had. It's like, I couldn't just let it be what it was. This person does not want to ever get married to anyone. It's not yeah. personal. Right. Uh, it is what it is. Right. Detach Morgan and move on and make space for that person who does check all the boxes. Right. It's very simple. I do it. I've had a very uh, tumultuous relationship with attachment with uh, relationships, not yes. only romantic, but like friendships and also even the relationship with my parents in a way. Yeah. I've had like expectations in a lot of areas and, and even in, as, as a mom to my daughter. So this is absolutely an area of work for me that I still, I have my moments. Yes. Very much so still like currently. But I think, so we're, we're I, I think we all it. do. Yeah. And I think yeah. for me, a lot of this stuff heals itself it when I'm doing all the other yes. work. Yes. Yeah. Which she mentioned. Yeah. She said, if you just kind of focus on this thing, everything kind of works itself. It, it, you'll, you'll attract what, what it is that you're looking for just by doing the things that are right for you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yay. Yay. Such a good episode. I hope that it falls on some ears that are enjoying listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks everybody. Thank y'all. See y'all next time.